Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. In this episode, we're exploring our fourth pillar, accountability. We believe that accountability is a vital part of personal growth and success. It's about being honest with ourselves and others and not leaving things in the dark, but rather bringing them into the light. We'll be discussing the importance of having trusted friends and family to share our burdens with and how accountability can help us to stay on track with our goals and aspirations. Please note that we will be discussing sensitive topics in this episode, including pornography. While we will approach the topics with sensitivity and respect, we understand that they may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. I am your host, Natasha. I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. We are here to talk about our pillar accountability. For us, it's defined like this. Like other times of life, singleness has its struggles. Being autonomous can be difficult, and there is a temptation to handle everything yourself. Surrounding yourself with those who can keep you accountable is important. Whether it is dealing with sin, the need for physical health, or individual struggles, being in the care of others brings encouragement, support, and comfort. So we feel like accountable is another important aspect of the Christian life, single or married, but particularly when it comes to singles, that this is an area that can be very lacking. As a single person, especially if you live all by yourself, it's easy to fall into bad habits. It's easy to fall into sinful behavior, and it's also easy to escape from society. My friend Anita used to tell me that I never hear from you anymore. It's like you've become a hermit. I would go to work. I would go home. I'd sit in front of the TV. I'd go to bed. I'd get up. I'd go to work. I'd go home. I'd sit in front of the TV. And the only other time that I would get out is if I went to church. Yeah. You can create for yourself a life which has no meaning, especially if you really want to be married and you kind of latched onto that. And you feel like life can't begin until you're married. And so you're sitting at home waiting for this magical part of life to begin. And you stew in those feelings. Woe is me. Why am I not getting married? What is wrong with me? Why isn't God providing for me? All these things. But you're not doing anything either because you're just sitting at home staring at the walls. Exactly. What good is that? Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to fall through the ceiling and land on the couch beside you. Well, and again, that's scary. It would be scary. <laughs> don't do that. And, you're, and then you, so you're more likely to launch yourself into desperation tactics. Yep. I was talking to a friend earlier today, and she was saying, you have to respect yourself. You have to love yourself. And you have to be comfortable with yourself before you can even start in any kind of a relationship. And you can't do that if all you're doing is just sitting at home and woe is me. You know, there's more to life than just sitting on the couch, woe is me. And I did that for so many years until I found Taekwondo. But then that's another story. The moral of all of our pillars is that you should join Taekwondo. That, right? That's it. Just join Taekwondo. It makes everything better. Right. No. And what do you feel, David? Accountability. That's a tough one. I know it's important. And you've lived alone for a lot of years. You've had roommates off and on. Yeah. Do you find living by yourself harder or living with roommates harder? In the context of accountability, it's always harder by yourself, I got to say. But it can also teach you 
how to be accountable to yourself, but it also has some side effects. Like that's all you ever know. And then it can get very blurred being accountable to yourself. So having a church or a community to fall back on for your accountability, just for everyday things is vastly important. A lot of people probably don't understand exactly how important it is. If you don't have enough to keep you present as well, you can fall into anxiety. We just can start developing. You can start having anxiety attacks or panic attacks because your whole life just revolves around you and your center, which is your whole life. Many people have found themselves where they just walking out the front door can give them a sense of panic because they've become so accustomed to just being in their own space. Having a safe control over everything. And by having... yeah. Going out, you lose that control. Well, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress probably comes from the fact that a lot of people don't plan ahead and not knowing what's going to happen. Again, you said control. If you have plans, you know what you need to do. You have some kind of control in your life. And some people may feel overwhelmed when leaving the house to the Mm -hmm. point where they don't, oh, did I plan enough? And then they get stressed on that. At least from my experience, you get very stressed and very lost if you don't plan. Yeah. And too, like, the more that you rely just solely on yourself, the less accommodating you can become of other people. That was my fear when we decided to buy a house together because I had lived in my condo. I bought it in 2006 and we didn't get the house until 2020. So for all those years, I lived by myself. I lived alone in my own house and I was quite content. I had bed to myself, I had fridge to myself, I had the condo to myself. I could go where I want, do what I want. I could walk around the apartment. Nobody could see me. I could, if I wanted to, wear nothing. If I wanted to, although that feels weird to me, I'm sorry. That's the thing is, and then it's just, okay, so now I have to be mindful that there's another person living in the house with me. So then your whole attitude has to change to one where you have to be respectful of each other. Well, and you get used to other people not being perfect. Yeah, there's things that I probably do that annoy you slightly, but you're like, hey, it's not a person. What is the vice versa? And like, for that, like, it's just, it doesn't really annoy, like, it's going to fester. It's just like you're used to this way of doing things. And then it doesn't happen that way. And you're just like, whatever. Yeah. The world's not ending. The house isn't burning down. It's just, <laughs> you got to almost do the fried pan. <laughs> yes. I have a tendency to turn the wrong burner on. But now I just use like one burner. It's one Dang. burner, one knob. I know what I'm going to turn on. I felt scared. I was going to like, She's going to be so upset with me for wrecking her frying pan, but I just laughed. You didn't burn down the house. It's all good. Apparently, I developed a tendency to forget to turn off the stove. But how? It's like the stove's on, and I'm like, just hitting the house. Yes. I thought we needed just a little bit extra warmth in the kitchen. But these are the things that you learn when you live in community with other people, as opposed to when you live all by yourself. You have no one to be accountable to. And accountability works both ways because it's not just being accountable for your own self, but also being accountable to somebody else. Because, you know, when it comes to garbage or the recycling, we rely on each other. We know that one of us will take care of it. If one doesn't get it, the other one will. We're accountable to each other as well. Exactly. And same with the finances, like our house finances are very healthy. (laughs) Yes. Our own personal finances, where there's not that same accountability, we're... Struggling to learn correct, good stewardship. And we're working really hard on that. We're praying about it. 
But it's a lot easier to be accountable with our money when we have to be accountable to one another within the house budget. It's yeah. definitely different when it's just you and your own money. Yeah. It's yeah. you and the big app and, <laughs> and skip the dishes. So McDonald's again, hey? Yeah. And that's another thing that we could probably use to be an accountable to as well is eating habits. Because with your schedule, because you're never here. I'm all over the place. You're all over the place. There there are so many areas, you know, when you live in community where you can see aspects of where you can work on accountability to help each other to grow and to become more mature people. Even for me in church, I I always, since I left the farm, because that's, I always went to the church, I had a hard time creating like a good church schedule. I was working a lot of Sundays with my job. And my ex always was going to like charismatic churches and stuff. And it wasn't my cup of tea. But when I separated and I had that single time, it was very hard for me to create like that every Sunday going to church. God did give me a couple of years with Sundays off. And in that time, moving in with Monique, she doesn't come at me like a mom or something. Hey, you got to come to church or anything. But just the knowledge that she's there, she's going to church and it helps when there's just another person. Yep. And it's created a much better dynamic for that. Mm-hmm. We created the devotions dynamic which between mm-hmm. us. We have devotions every night. That's something that we've only started in the last few months. Built so much because it's amazing how many things you can put aside when it's just you in the four walls. Yep. Yep. And that was always a struggle for me too. Reading the Bible and praying every night. When you live by yourself, there's nobody to tell you. and You have to develop that on your own. And from somebody who did come from a church background, it's a very difficult thing to develop. And Even when you're in a church background, it's sometimes hard to keep it up. But it was something that I always desired to do. And it was something that I inwardly prayed that God would work out. And I, now that we're sisters in Christ living in the same house, we should be able to have, because our friends Betty and Lorraine, they do that. That's yeah. what they have. They have their own devotional time. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'd come like that. But it was one of those things that you think about but never do anything about. Yeah, and, and I didn't want to push you on it. Yeah, and we both, I think we're both very, like, unassuming people. And then my class, the last semester, was in church leadership. And we were supposed to create three goals that we wanted to make improvements in ourselves. And that was basically the top goal. And my leadership mentor, Heather, was like, you have to do this because you want to do this. But you have to do this. And give God your best. Yep. And it was hard. I started on my own. And you're trying to read it and you're, especially when you're reading in your head, it sometimes you can definitely lose focus. Skip over words because I have no idea how to say it. So now that we're reading aloud, it's been awesome. Like even last night, I just said, this is one of my favorite times of day is this devotional devotional time because we connect with it. We comment maybe during reading or if we're not sure of something, we'll look it up together. That way we don't just sit there and we like, yep, I checked off reading the Bible. Yep, I checked off praying. It just That's literally how I felt <laughs> I was doing it. I felt like I was a bit of a hypocrite doing it that way because I, it was like, even though that's how I felt, I needed to do it. And now it feels like it's an actual real. And it feels natural. It does. It does. Yeah. We get to a certain time of night and yeah, it's like, yep, time. We're both night people. So we're both lucid and devotion time now, right? Yep. Time to read. But what time is it? <laughs> yep. I think a big portion, too, is that when you want to start reading something like that, start reading the Bible and stuff, I think a big important aspect of it 
is starting off not by yourself, but with others. So as soon as you start reading with someone else and then plan a discussion or a devotional where you have to discuss what you read before, this encourages you to read on your own because now you're being accountable for coming in and actually discussing what you two agreed on reading. I think in order for someone to be accountable in that regard, a good idea is to start together and then have each other be accountable for reading that you have to do separately. So then you can come and discuss it again. Yeah, that's an that's interesting thought. Good yeah. idea. Yes. We've been doing this for such a short period of time, really. Yeah. So we're still on the first book. We're just about tonight will be the last night in our numbers. Martyrs of the Reformation and we're in numbers on the Bible. So that's interesting reading. It's a lot of fun actually reading numbers when you read it out loud because it almost becomes poetic because there's so many repetition. The repetition is just like, I can almost sing that. And I sometimes wonder if they did. Maybe. <laughs> and even, even if you have someone just to rant to, yeah. just to talk to about it, even if they don't even read it with you or stuff. Because when I, I worked at my dad's feed company for a while, and when I was working, I would listen to the Bible. And then I would talk to him afterward. And even though he never directly said, have you read this or did you do this? I still felt some kind of accountability towards sharing what I've read with him. Yeah. So just having a person there to talk to, to tell about what you've read is, I think, is even a good step forward. And all this all these positive things that you can connect with people and actually lead to, I wouldn't say greater, but an equally important aspect of accountability is accountability of sinful behavior because it is so easy to fall into lies that you tell yourself that sinful behavior in your own four walls in the darkness of single singleness. And I don't mean darkness as a negative, like singleness as a negative as a whole. I just mean you created this dark space in your singleness that nobody else knows that nobody else knows about and you can and sin can thrive yep. sin thrives in the dark and by having an accountability partner especially for things like pornography or any other of the sins that they deal with in the bible like alcoholism or gluttony or laziness laziness or any of these things if you have someone that you're accountable with then you take these darkness that you've created and you shine light into it. Yeah. And instead of this, these things fostering these sins and they grow, then you're shining the light in and they die. Yep. And some things like with addiction, like pornography and whatnot, there needs to be a, like a lifelong accountability because you'll be struggling with that for the entire life. But I had a thought that came through there because in, in a lot of senses, when it comes to simple behaviors, it's not something that's just all of a sudden you're just doing it because it usually starts with temptation. And as temptation weighs on you, and that's when you become more toward falling into those sinful behaviors because all of a sudden you're being tempted, but you don't have somebody to help you to resist those temptations because we would all like to be like Jesus and be able to resist the temptations. He says, you resist the devil, he will flee from you. But when you're depressed, when you're lonely, when you feel like nobody cares about you, temptations can become so... There's this, <laughs> yes. There's this book called This Kill the Spider. It was an analogy his father gave him when he was going through a time that he needed to be cleansed for sin. Like, cleansed and he was going into a heavy-duty counseling like basically he's staying there in no contact for a certain amount of time 
And his dad said, don't just clear the cobwebs, kill the spider. And what he talked about in there was that he said that stayed with him because a lot of times we just feel like we go in and we clear the spider webs. We're like, get rid of this sin and get rid of, we'll get rid of like this website. I can't get on this website, so I can't do the pornography that way or I'll stay this way. But you actually don't go deeper into you and find the spider. And he calls the spider lies that you believe. I personally have had a, I don't know if you ever get over an addiction, but I have porn addiction that started in my late teens. And I guess that was when I first started seeing things because things popped up by accident on the internet. And then you start to follow along and it went right through in my 20s and even after into my married life. And it's something that I've had to like really work hard on. And when I read that book about To Kill the Spider, I had to look in myself and say, I obviously know this is wrong. And I can control my myself. Like, I can control myself. I'm not an animal. I have <laughs> self-control. Like, it's possible for self-control. So when am I believing about this that allows me to just Bullock. go and do this, even though I knew it was wrong? And one of the main things I think I believed was that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The lie I believed is that it doesn't matter that you really, like, it's not really affecting you that much. Or there are people that are doing it on purpose. It's like they did it with permission. For the purpose of seeing it. Not all of them. I understand that not all pornography is that way, but some is. And it wasn't even like if I talked to somebody about it, I could really say, oh, it doesn't matter. But the lie that I would allow myself to believe, because I know it's a lie, but would allow me to get over that hump of conviction was that, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, one time, one more time. Who am I really hurting with this? Yeah, exactly. And again, you're not really thinking these thoughts specifically in your head while you're doing it. But you're massaging away your conviction. That's how it happens with every addiction, though. Right? All addictions start with that very same thought. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm only doing it a little bit. Yeah. At the beginning, you're just, it's just a little thing. It's nothing like that bad. It's only one glass of wine. Yeah. It's only one toke of a marijuana cigarette. It's only one puff from the... Yeah, exactly. And so... That's something I have to deal with. I don't have a specific accountability partner with that. You do not know. Yeah. Now she doesn't know. We, I've, no, talked about it be- I've talked about it before. But I, but apparently, for me, one of the big things that I've done in my life is removed a lot of the things. The problem when it gets into temptation is when something that I see or read or hear starts you down with those thought patterns. Triggers. Oh, triggers. Yeah, exactly. And then you just go with it. So I... Of my own accord, I stay away from like R-rated movies and audiobooks and video games. Like I stay away from that side of things. That des- and descriptions and stuff. Yeah, like that. descriptions and audiobooks or like heavily sexually contented video games. I just refuse, and that does like so much. Yeah, incredibly an amount of stuff. And I'm not even saying like all the stuff that I was watching or never was like pure pornography or something. It can just be like innuendos. And yep. things that start you down that road. And they show just a little too far in the romantic scene or something. Yeah. And so I just choose to stay away from that because there's just no edification in it anyway. That's yeah. what it says in the Bible. It's good, whatever is pure, whatever. All these, you dwell upon those things. I'm not saying I just watch, I don't even know what, McGee and Me. Or like, oh, <laughs> Diane, McGee and Me from Folks on the Family. Or Adventures in Odyssey, which I do love. But I watch contemporary shows and whatnot, but I just... 
prefer to watch the ones that don't have as soon as it says ma for audiences or anything like that i stay right away from it even or even their descriptions it says nudity and sexual situation stuff i just and you know what my life is not the worst not missing a whole survived without seeing like i don't know game game of thrones i don't know is that full of that i don't well don't (laughs) you know i I don't know i everybody was talking about game of thrones and you gotta watch I made the mistaken choice to watch a part of an episode and it was about, you didn't see anything, but you knew what it was. And it was apparently it was a rape scene. And I'm going, people think this is good. And I turned it off. Yeah. So that maybe was like 10 seconds of the episode or yeah. 20 seconds be- before I realized what was going on. I'm going, yeah, no, that's not for me. I think I'll go watch Crime, Criminal Mind. At least that I know what I'm watching. <laughs> exactly. How do you feel about those things, David? As he's in shock from my confessions. No, I had a similar issue in high school in my early 20s. And I had my dad help me with it. So so you went and you made yourself accountable to your dad. That's yes. Very, that's did. very good of you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that confession to my father. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Can you talk about it a little bit? Do you, are you okay to? Or prefer not either? Yeah, I'm not really sure. He, what he did was he, he helped me strip a lot of the, again, what, all, a lot of the visual components away. And I liked music. So every time a temptation or an urge came, I would, I would maybe listen to music or just or, or read a common kid's book. I, not, not a kid's book, but like. Tamer. It was primarily music. I would lay down and listen to music for an hour or two. And I still do that every day, right? And I still have temptations and all that stuff, but that one, that accountability is, it helps. There's this new, I have to, I'd have to go back and find it, maybe find it, put it in the show notes. But there was this newish, I guess it was last year when I listened to the podcast, AI driven internet protection. Oh yeah. So most of the internet protection for parental, like parental guidance sites and whatnot to try to keep away from porn is all based on known websites. Yeah. And so they're always working with that, but actually there's one piece of software it actually checks in real time what's going on on this. Oh, okay. and we'll, so it's not just, yeah, it found like a certain word or it's like certain website that they know is a bad website. It actually goes in real time of what you're looking at. Yeah, for in my case, there was, it was a huge issue because my parents couldn't lock anything or lock anything down because I had the skill set and knowledge to unlock it. So my dad and I, we what we did is we just cut the internet entirely kind of thing. If I felt I was being tempted or stuff, we would just completely air gap me. So I wouldn't have any connections, no visual stimuli, anything. So that helped a lot. But yeah, none of those programs, at least back then, didn't help because it, it wouldn't take me like 10, 15 minutes to figure out a way to bypass them. And it, it was just... And I think that even if there's parents listening, to realize that kids are very savvy. And so if there is a way yeah. around, they can, they can find it. So don't just assume because you have some software in place that nothing's happening. You have to go to directly to the root of the problem. Because a a software mitigates part of the problem. You still have the cable. You still have the TV. or You still have your friends who bring the little magazines to school to hide behind the, under the bleachers. Yeah. Exactly. That's where a lot of kids get exposed. It's actually, now it's not the magazines, it's phones. Because every kid has their phone. And I know, I had somebody I know whose child saw in kindergarten because their friend brought their cell phone. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's something that you have to be like very on top of and keep keep it in the open. Put it directly in the light. Don't 
shy away from these things because no. it's and I'm not and then, yeah, porn is I think probably number one in this area of things that are happening in the dark. And this isn't just for single people; it's for right. all over. Oh yeah, because I know people whose marriages were destroyed because of pornography addiction. It's indirect too. Yeah. Because most people do it alone. I did it alone, but it also affected just the way you looked at people. Most people don't realize it's it's extremely indirect. Yeah. It objectifies the person that yeah. you were. Yeah. So for guys who look at girls that way, it turns women into objects and vice versa. Or it's the same for myself because my family has a long line of addiction issues, mostly in alcoholism. So like my dad's father was an alcoholic. My dad, even to this day, even he is on stream medications for his arthritis, but he says that if it wasn't for his medication, he would still be drinking. My one brother drinks a lot. Yeah. And to, I feel like Corinthians pops up a lot, but like, I think the importance of sexual immorality and sexual sin like this is very heavily thought in First Corinthians 6, 18 to 22. It's, do you have that up? Yeah, dude. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Mm -hmm. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And I don't think it's a greater sin or a worse sin. I think it's just emphasizing that this is the number one problem. This is going to be the number one problem, and it is and has been the number one issue because because a lot of the cities in the Old Testament, too, yeah. huge portions of them were sexual morality, and mm -hmm. God gave them hundreds and even thousands of years to repent. And, yeah, and yeah so this is nothing new. No, we're just no, no we're this just is nothing new. new. <laughs> this is just a new version of an old thing, yeah. an old sin, yeah. of an old temptation. And this is also the best example of accountability you can come up with. Yeah. yeah. Because it's going to affect people. Yeah. It's just, it just is. It's the reality of the internet age, of the pocket internet yeah. age. And it's something that you have to shine the floodlight, the thousand watt floodlight right on it because you got to yeah. kill well, that spider. And, and the thing with these images is that they get seared into your brain. And your brain, once it sees something, it cannot unsee it. Yeah. And it's always there. And it definitely, it will, it, now, it, it there's a if and or but it will affect your marriage if you do get married. Yeah. Yeah. It affected mine because my husband was deep involved in that. He would, when we had the landlines and before the internet age, there were the 900 calls and he racked up thousands of dollars in phone bills. And I'm like, where are these long distance phone calls going to? Who is this? Yeah. He, he would talk to sex lines. Yeah. That, that, although that directly has died using phone lines, there are huge portions of that being drifted off now to streaming services and, yeah, and chat lines. Especially, especially Discord. I have gotten messages because what they do is one of these bots, I suppose gets into a Discord server with hundreds of people, it grabs everyone and sends some, like... Illicit sexual messages? Y yes, and images and stuff. So with Discord, you can turn off all private stuff. And I had to do that because it got so bad. Oh, it, got, it got bad enough for a friend of mine, too, who, who had to do the same thing. Turn it off. So it's just like that. Ha 
that happens on Skype, that happens on Discord. It's not phone calls anymore. It's like voice and video now. Yeah. It's live streaming. So it only fans basically the idea what it was started as versus what it is now is just it's been taken over and that's what you can get in when it comes to like with alcoholism you actually have to go out and buy it it doesn't magically show up on your table unlike the stuff uber eats and whatnot all those ones it's becoming more like that Mm -hmm. yes sorry uber eats it's not specifically against you you just offer a service yeah it's not this it's just so easy to the point where you can accidentally yeah you, you just, won't even you won't even realize the difference between what, a button or an embarrassed. The very first button. time for me when I saw something on the internet was when I this is before Google, so I'm old. I used to look at the web search InfoSeek, and one day I put an extra E M. That's all it took because they buy up all these websites that were like the domains that are very close to the names of the actual things people go to, and then you misspell something once, and, and then you get sucked up. into it. Wow. So it just happens that it just, yeah. It was YouTube for me. Okay. In from regular videos and then to the barely, uh, you call it age restricted videos. And then it shot off from there. Wow. Like in in YouTube, you think YouTube YouTube is kid friendly. It's really not. There's videos that pop up as like ads and other crap that, are not age restricted and it's just baffling that they're not age restricted and the explicit content is becoming less and less age restricted now because people are considering it less and less you know, graphic i don't even know it's just i don't know a good term for it but it's it's normalizing yes it's funny because like i watch korean and chinese dramas and when i was first watching them back in 2016 2017 i was watching shows that were pg-15 which to me they were very clean that age limit has not dropped to PG-13, the content that I was watching at PG-15 is not bound to PG-13. And if you do watch something that's PG-15, it's pushing the envelope a lot more. And that's why I, I very rarely take heed of what they're rated now. Yep. And if I really want to see something and I'm curious, I will go to Focus on the Family, plugged in, and they bless them because they watch all the movies. And they will, they'll give a review of the movie, but they'll also tell you exactly, like, factually what is in that movie. What swear words are in the movie, what alcohol or drugs is in the movie, what sexual content is in the movie, what negative elements are in the movie, what violence is in the movie. So they'll be like, there's three F words, there's this, or this one kid was looking at pornography, you didn't see anything, but that's what they were doing, they were joking about it, or whatever. They'll factually point by point what's in there so you can see where your comfort level is yeah if you're okay with somebody drinking and that's what's in the movie then you're like okay i'm good with that yeah and it's not saying like there's alcoholism it's just that they had a drink because some people don't want their kids to see that or they don't want to see it for whatever so i would definitely recommend that i know because a lot of the movies from the 70s and 80s you would see kids sitting around in circles smoking and stuff like that they were teenagers yeah nowadays it's you don't want to see that that's you don't want to teach kids that smoking is bad now they won't let anybody smoke on shows and i'm really glad for that this one topic and then with various sort of subtopics really shows the importance of accountability Mm -hmm. how important it is in life not just when you're single but I think especially when you're single. Yeah. Because when you're married, you should develop that with your spouse, that accountability. And with your friends. And with your friends, yeah. Yeah. But when you're single, it is so much easier for these things to live in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And God says to not forsake the fellowship. 
It's not just so that you can go to church and hear a sermon. It's so that you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who are your family, who can, who can carry your burdens. Yep. You bear yep. one another's burdens. That's yep. another verse. Like we're called to do this. We're not just islands. Yes. We're not just called to be centrally located into a room and we can go skip the dishes or get the grocery store to send me the food. Amazon can send me everything. Again, nothing wrong with all of these companies. They provide a service. But we can have a tendency to abuse the services no. yeah. because we're trying to mitigate every human interaction. And that, to be honest, is Satan's playground. Yeah. No. Because yeah. there's so much that can be going on. Your own body is your own temptation whatnot. Anyway, you're already <laughs> fighting that. But it definitely Satan's all for this cutting yourself off. because, Especially because God says, don't cut yourself off. So as soon as you do, bad things are going to happen. Just trying to lose weight. And you try to eat a healthier diet. Just... Ask yourself what your body is trying to tell you. No, you don't want that co- chocolate bar because you're trying to avoid carbs. No carbs. Where's the because your body is yeah. your worst enemy. That is your flesh is your, your worst enemy. You're sitting at home going, I'm going to make myself some food. It's quick food, like spaghetti. It's not going to take you that long. And then you're like, but McDonald's. Right? Yeah. And I am very bad <laughs> for that. Skip the dishes as faster. But is it and, really? But it doesn't require <laughs> me to get off the couch, pretty much. Yes. Laziness. <laughs> there goes the laziness part. Remember when we were in Korea and you guys were getting really sick and tired of the Korean food and the rice and stuff and you wanted a hamburger? And I'm, I'm in that position on this side of the ocean. You just want Korean food. I want vegetables. <laughs> right? <laughs> no more McDonald's. I want vegetables. <laughs> you know? And I am bad because I'm always like, hey, do you want to order something? I've got it right on my phone. I've got to skip right here. You <laughs> got to cut cut it off. Delete your account. Delete the app. <laughs> That's what I had to do because I well, looked, at my, looked at my bank statement and it's way more than I thought. I was ordering and so I had to cut myself off completely that's the thing no happen you spend a lot of money and extra on top of it just to pay for somebody to deliver the food yeah like the food that I was going to get today was going to be like 14 bucks but then it came to 24 bucks with the shipping but that's it's an extra and and then there's a There's a good, there's a good image of this one guy. He's sitting on the curb and he's just, I'm waiting for my $7 sandwich that I paid $30 for. Okay. Just so everybody knows, you can keep me accountable. Skip the dishes is gone off of my phone. I'll leave Panago because you only feel like so much pizza at one time anyway. Once a month, if that. But they deliver. Yes. Yeah. But it's not like I'm going to be ordering pizza every night because that's definitely a sick of that. But, and also... Just to go pick it up, it's only like a five-minute drive away, really, Yeah, technically. Yeah, and you'd be surprised how much quicker it is just to make spaghetti or make pasta or make a ham and make a hamburger at home, et cetera, too. We've got a barbecue. (laughs) We've got a barbecue? If I had a barbecue, I'd be thinking steaks every night. I was told that barbecues are the man's job, even though I ain't no one but one man. I wouldn't care. I get steaks. That's all that matters. So if David ever comes to live here, then he can just cook us dinner every night with steaks. How good are you on the barbecue there, David? I only ever used it probably maybe a couple times because I don't own one here. So every time I go over to my parents, my dad says, guys want steaks? I'm like, yeah. So I want- See, and I don't mind doing things on the barbecue. Part, part of our dinner issue is that you're always gone around the dinner time. So I cook for myself. Yeah, I hate cooking. I hate it. Everybody can attest that I have cooked in the past and yeah. decent food. Yep. But I hate Still it. Still going to make me one of those shepherd's pies again. Oh, yes. Shepherd's pie. At least that's the easy one. I love the pineapple, the sweet and sour 
meatballs, but they got a lot of work. The ramen noodles, I make the ramen noodles, but I put everything inside. I put mushrooms, vegetables. I just. That's like this. That's what I'm here too. I just don't like ramen noodles enough, but I like pasta. So I make myself spaghetti with sauce. That's like my go-to comfort food. I wouldn't actually call it like the instant (laughs) ramen noodles. It's more like the 50 cents to 75 cents kimchi noodle things. So I wonder how many of our listeners are going to be hungry after that. <laughs> so with food, it's not the, it's not just the gluttony, but it's the laziness. It's like the it can be the gluttony. Yes, you do just keep munching and eating because no one's going to say anything. Like buy the chips and the pop and the yeah, all the bad foods, all the bad foods, yeah. and the yogurt. I eat so much yogurt. Yeah, but yogurt is not bad for you. Yogurt is good for you. It's expensive. I want it. Yeah, I eat. Oh, yeah, but the, 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 all these. Simple behaviors can overlap, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And so with accountability, yeah, it is definitely, you need that. You need that. It's just a good habit to get yourself into, whether you get married or not. It's just a good habit. And it's good to have someone who's like almost outside, like more objective, because then they can say the hard things, hopefully, but they care about you. So it's hard to, you know, we have to find that right person or people. They say that, you know, somebody who is a true friend is that they will speak the truth in love, no matter how much it hurts. And you have to pray yourself, pray for yourself that you'll receive truth. And the hardest thing is to admit my ex, like my ex, he was constantly rebuking things in Jesus name. And I would say things like, what happens if God doesn't make you rich? And he's like, oh, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> or, or I would say something that might happen and he would rebuke it. And it's just, that's not really accountability. Because you're not really taking any truth of what I'm saying there. I'm not like, oh, I curse you with poverty. No, that's not what I was saying. I was asking you to start looking at life as if, what if God's desire for you is not to be a millionaire? And that that in itself, that question so there goes was, the lottery tickets, right? Like in the Millionaire's video, I always say that if you're at the point where you're seeing someone, how do I word this now? Seeing someone to the point where they think that God's plan for them is to become a millionaire, then they're probably not following God. They probably have some other idol that... That they want to worship because of the fact that, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire kind of thing, right? We're going to get into that in another. Yeah, we want to talk about prosperity gospel. And it's more than just money and health. There's definitely a podcast that's coming up in the near future. Yes. Because these are all important topics. There's so many topics that will apply to singles and marriage. There's people. Just people. But when you're trying to develop your single life to its fullest, to be God-fearing, to be a good single life then you have to develop yourself as a person now first step is admitting you have a problem yes when it comes to accountability so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna steer you guys back be willing to accept truth yeah and be willing to accept truth be willing also to find somebody you trust especially if you've got something you can't do that if you're locking yourself into your room and never doing anything no admitting that you have something say a pornography addiction or even an alcohol problem or drug problem, admitting that to somebody can be very scary because you have that feeling that you're going to be judged, judged. You're going to be condemned or they're going to come down at you and they're just going to, or they're going to look at you in disgust, all that kind of thing. So you need to be sure that there is somebody that you feel that you can trust. 
And, and by coming to, to that like ability to confess, like that's a good, just, that's a you've huge. Just, you've just split your burden between two people. Yeah. You're carrying a giant burden. You've just split it between two people. So the weight that comes off from admitting it, yeah, is it's super scary when it happens. But then the weight that comes off with that is exactly what God is talking about when it says to bear one another's burdens. Yep. But you do. But please do make sure that you person who you know is not going to judge you. Yeah, and failures. And when we get the site up and running too, that I, we will we'll have links. We'll and, have links and churches and support groups and stuff yep. on. I'll make a specific dedicated page for that kind of that thing. That would be great. Yeah, because we don't want to leave anybody out there holding on to their hurts and stuff like that. We can offer some direction for them yeah. yeah and even start a prayer page for people Absolutely. who want to message us message us with any prayer requests you have That's yeah like, we will pray oh we will yeah. yeah we got our devotions time yeah we do and we will pray for you and if you have any questions and stuff that you want us to talk about please do send us that as well yeah so our email address is root 77 ministries at gmail.com and find us on facebook and instagram message us whatever way yeah, we Yep. If you guys need other platforms like say Discord, I can set all that up too. Discord has a lot of features that allow us to organize prayers if they need to. If you guys need to have all that stuff organized. Create a community. Yep. Because that's what we want to be. Yes. No. Yep. We're here for each other. We're not just yep. here to podcast. We're here to help singles in whatever way yep. to live their yep. best life. Live their best single life. And that means godly yep. and always growing. Yep. So I think that's a great place for start. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. We had a wonderful discussion. It got really deep. I'll put a little warning in the notes just in case we don't want too many super young people to listen. Please be aware. <laughs> this does include some well, sensitive topics, but I think it's also important to talk about these topics with young people because they are seeing it. Yes. So yes. don't just say, oh, it's too young for you to talk about. No, no. you don't have to see it. You don't have to go into in details. We didn't go into any kind of details, but no. But just be aware that you know what? People aware that it's coming up. So we'll put yeah. it in the and show. Sensitive topics like these need to be discussed no matter what. Like Yes. yes. Again, yes. putting that in, taking it out of the darkness into the light. Because these topics have been left in the dark for far too long. Exactly. But so. The deeper and the darker the topic, the more it needs to be brought out into the light. Yeah, exactly. It's shining the light of God's grace. And we want to share like that openness from us too, because I would look David and I and Monique, we've all shared our own journeys, struggles, temptations, and that we've dealt with. So I think there were times where I wanted to become a raging alcoholic. I did. I really wanted to. I just could not bring myself. I go, I, you know, when you throw up, it's just no fun no more. <laughs> yeah, so great. I agree with that one. But yeah, yeah, this has been a great podcast. Mm-hmm. I think hopefully this will reach people and yeah. and really show what we're, we want to do with this yeah. ministry and with accountability. And we are serious about standing behind the singles and the hurting and the, whoever. And helping them develop accountability yeah. if they need help. Yeah. So next time we are planning to take, we have one more pillar, but we're going to take a step away for one episode and we're going to talk about what it is to be single and the fears that come with that. Yep. Because there's a lot of fear that comes with being single and there's fear of singleness and we want to discuss that, put that out in the open, try to reach people with that. So we're going to have that as our next broadcast and then we'll do our last pillar on active the week after that. 
So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. And remember to send us your questions and comments. We look forward to hearing from you. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Route 77 podcast and joining us for this important conversation about accountability. We hope you found our insights and perspectives helpful as you navigate your own personal growth journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where we will share additional content and updates about the show. We always love hearing from our listeners, so please don't hesitate to reach out and connect with us. Next week, we'll be stepping away from our usual pillars to discuss a topic that affects many of us, the fears that come with being single and the fear of singleness itself. It's a topic that is often overlooked, but one that we believe deserves our attention and discussion. So be sure to tune in next week as we explore this important topic on the Route 77 podcast. Until then, take care and keep striving for your best single life. Thank you.